0: and welcome back to the discussion phase a board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love. On this episode, we're joined by the one and only dad gamer, Jacob. What's up? On today's episode, we're going to figure out what do we do when the world falls apart and there's nothing left. On this week, we're talking about what games we're going to take with us into the apocalypse. Uh, we're going to review some recent games as well as break down Marco Polo 1 versus Marco Polo 2 and a little bit of head to head. So stick around as always. Buckle up.
1: We also have, it's important to mention, because this may come up later on the podcast, at any moment. At any moment. We have Player 4 in the chat as well, which is little Caden. Player 4 has entered the chat.
0: So, Jacob, it's been a while since you've last been on the podcast. Dad life has been taking a priority, obviously, uh, in your life. Uh, Tell us a little bit how things have been going. Still finding time, though, with the guys to finish some gaming nights.
2: I'm not going to hit. The 365 games this year goal. How how far along are you? But that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. I think I'm about 250 in, which is pretty good considering my current state of affairs and the fact that this little man runs my schedule. Yeah.
1: And you haven't got quite—you haven't got, like, 50 games of Live's Dice in. Yet. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. I think that'll I like, help That'll help really boost your stats, I tell you that. It's not too late. Yeah, <laughs> it's not too oh late boy. if you can get in some Live's yeah. Dice.
0: Well, we've been uh, getting in some—definitely uh, a handful of different games here this past week. One, just hot off the press, is we just finished playing— um, we thought about titling this episode The Most Okayest Games, and we were going to throw this yeah, game on here for a hot episode. take, maybe for a future episode. But we just got play, finished playing a game of Archipelago. Um, yes. For those who don't know what Archipelago is, um, I think it came out maybe around 2013 ish or so. Uh, but essentially, you have these hexagonal tiles with different land masses um that you have meeples on that activate for different resources you have markets that you're selling them to trying to increase your workforce and stuff um there's some hidden objectives some hidden in-game triggers some hidden goals that each player has access to um some unique player abilities that you can purchase um this was a game you know that was part of my big purchase here for about a big stack of games a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we've been having a couple hits out of those. I know recently Rajas of the Ganges and Igizia we've really liked. Um, but I told you that this one, I was like, guys, I don't know if this could either be a game that we just really love, or it could be a game that we just really don't really care yeah. that much
1: for. And I think the consensus after one play is that everyone just has no idea how the game how went. to feel? Yeah, that. yeah.
0: I was like, did we even just play a game? Yeah, like we didn't
1: really
2: just move some pieces on a table. Yeah. And- there was like Call an overwhelming
1: it. feeling for me that we were playing it wrong, and that I think this is one of those games that would be helped a lot by um, watching by someone else. Yeah or by playing with someone else who play. knows the game and so you can kind of follow their lead if they have some like insights and strategies cuz we had there was there was no tension in the game we were all just no. kind of doing our own thing and yeah cuz there's like there's we a, there's, a we,
0: there's an action kind of big kind of circular board where you have disc that you place on there you have so many of them but there's really not any tension on it I feel like we were playing ninety-eight, ninety-nine percent of the rules at least right. No, we weren't missing any rules that I think would have changed the game. I think I felt like we're missing like, what are we supposed to be doing and engaging? Because like Jacob, you mentioned, there's no engine that you're building really, um, and so
2: I don't know. Maybe Other we just in do- the evolution cards. You- there's not much that you're building on, and it presents itself as a worker placement. However, there's you can place where you're, you've gone in the past. You can place where other people have gone in the past. So it, yeah. the, the worker placement spots are really just to mark what actions yeah. you've done. They're not really.
1: And we were yeah. and we were the, there's a mechanism where you bid for turn order, but I think all of us were like. Who cares about turn order? And we and so the fact that you do bid for turn order kind of lends me to think that it does matter for some it's reason. Because
0: I remember the rules teach video, I said, this is super, super important to be going first. Yeah. We did play a short game. And so our in-game triggers, a short, medium, long game had the same type of in-game triggers. It's just you need more of it in a medium or longer game to trigger in-game. Maybe there's more of that because there's a tension in the game because certain actions that you can do in the game, maybe the greedier type of actions can increase the level of the revolt. Essentially, the natives aren't pleased with our actions as colonists, naturally, in their in their area. And so that, that value is rising, and we're trying to stay above that value by other actions we're doing. Maybe we didn't play the game long enough to really get into that. Um, there's also one in-game card where you're the uh, separatist, and so you actually win if the revolt happens in the game. So maybe there was some extra tension that we were missing with that. Um, like you said, I, maybe just need to, I need to go online and see if I can actually watch a playthrough and see what yeah. we're missing. It was a cool concept, but yeah. there was just like, let's I was give, like, did we play a game?
2: Let's give the game the benefit of the doubt and, uh, come back to it in yeah. a week or two. Now, speaking
1: of another game that had a very overwhelming first play or underwhelming first play, I should say, I'm sorry. Uh, Matthew, you got in on play recently, right?
0: Oh, did I ever? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, we talked about Kanban um, previously and absolutely loved it. And when I got in on Mars um, and played it with John. We played a two player game um, and it was fantastic. Um, some definitely some thoughts between playing Kanban and on Mars. Obviously, I've only played two Lacerda games. Um, but one is why would you ever want to play this game at a full complement of four players? I don't think that. The more
1: the merrier, Matthew. We've talked about Yeah, I think that's
0: insane. Um, because at least the two, uh, granted, I've only played two. Maybe there's some different ones as other ones, but I feel like two and three player counts for his games are really a really great sweet spot. Uh, you see a lot of people online when they're playing Lacerda's, they're playing them too. Uh, Caden agrees with
2: me. Caden, yeah, <laughs> agreeing right along with you. Yeah.
0: Also too, I, I've... the a thread mechanical kind of concept philosophy that I've noticed between the two games is that and a lot of these come more midweight to light to midweight Euros. You know, you can just there's maybe four or five different strategies or three, or four different strategies. You can just kind of find one that you just kind of get in line with and you can just hit it hard as you can until you run out of the rounds or you hit an in-game condition. But with Lacerda games, everything is so interconnected that you just can't do one thing, forget about the rest. Uh, because you can, you know, let's say there is one thing like let's say in Uh, Kanban where you're trying to get more cars into into your kind of garage well you can get a bunch of cars in your garage but if you also don't upgrade the parts match those upgrades to your parts get everything else then those cars are worthless Um, and I've noticed that in on Mars as well you can really try to focus in on some strategies resource production but if you haven't done other things to use those resources on or not pay attention if you're hitting an engine too hard you get too much of one thing they're just kind of useless same thing like combine you just get a ton of these one type of car parts okay well they're useless unless you have something to do with versus an other type of euros where you just it's the more you get the more it's better and just get more and more and more um obviously i know brady one of your big complaints was like the complexity as it complexity increases does fun or enjoyment also increase as well one thing about the, that I noticed between the two of them, my experience is like going into the game, I didn't really, both Kanban and On Mars, didn't know how the game was going to play. I knew the rules, 90, 95% of all the rules down, but I didn't understand how is this is actually going to play. And then as I'm playing the game, I was like, okay, this is starting to make sense. And then by the time you actually finish the game, the, the perceived complexity of the game Decreases significantly because it all just, as Jacob mentioned before, after Kanban, after just one play, it just makes sense. And so, naturally, your second play, the complexity level a barrier is way down. So now you're able to understand how I can actually strategize some of these end game points. Um, because both in Kanban and in on Mars, you know, there's some, there's not just very blatant, okay, here's just one simple thing just hit that to gain some points. There's very tiny little things that you have to connect all the dots to, to really maximize, maximize points. And what I loved with on Mars is how many actions can I do on the colony versus on the shuttle up in space before I have to go back down? Because there's two half of the boards. There's an, there's an on Mars side of the board. And then there's this kind of the shuttle, but you can only switch over to those at certain times when the shuttle's coming up and down. So in being able to time that, I thought was a really cool mechanics, like how many actions, because you want to be optimal. How many actions can I get under Mars before I have to go up to get other stuff? Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, John and I, we started at like 8 o'clock, 8.30 by the time we set everything up. So we didn't get finished. I mean, we had a two-player game where it's my first time playing, his second time, but it still played in two hours. And that would come down significantly significantly. and even finishing super late at night, even with a long day's work, I still loved it and was. I'm excited for my next play. I think two and three players again is a really sweet spot. I know Jacob, you played a full game of it, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, Boy, one time,
2: we, one time, and it was. Oh, man, it had to be eight to ten months ago now, and uh, I really, I really do, did enjoy it. I remember walking away, and I felt the same with uh, with Kanban. and I think Liz, Lacerda, I just really respect his uh, ability to design games that where the, the strategic elements and components of the game fit the theme masterfully. And, um, yeah, while you're doing a rules teacher, I remember watching, uh, I think it's Paul Grogan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, his videos for, for both of those. And I remember about <laughs> after the setup, because the setup part of the video takes like 15 minutes. And I remember the setup before he starts explaining the rules, just feeling... Like, totally I'm lost. I'm with you, that, that setup is painful. <laughs> totally lost, um, and it just seems so abstract, but as you were mentioning, um, by the time you get a playthrough in, um, the abstract um, kind of uh, rules set um, becomes concrete, and it it begins to make mo- much more sense. So then you look back in hindsight with like this, oh, that game really wasn't that hard. And it somehow they just fit together really well. And you're right. Rule books are great. His rule books are great. Player aids as are great. well. Player effort, raids are great, but it all just kind of cements itself. Yeah. So I've, I've been impressed with um, his ability to do that. Now um, I definitely see Brady to your point. Um, like, I don't know that it's necessarily worth the brain investment, that the fun is worth the brain investment. Well, uh, if every game Blizzard was like the first like,
0: one, I would say no. Yeah. But the fact but, that it comes down in that complexity for replays.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, you were talking about respecting Lacerda. I think I can respect Lacerda and his games because they look nice. Well, you're, they, not saying they are. you're not
0: saying they're bad games. Yeah, not they're necessarily. just not your cup of tea. Yeah, it's as I am on taste. this
1: self-discovery mm-hmm. board yeah. game journey that I'm and, on... I just, they, he's kind of been sort of priced out of my attention span. Yeah.
0: And the production value is fantastic with it as well. The player boards are, are beautiful. The Ian Atul's artwork. It almost, honestly, I was looking, what are some other games that Ian tool has done? But then I realized, you know what? Artwork doesn't make a good game. Don't just buy it for the artwork, yeah. but they just make me excited to play. I've played Kanban three, four times now. And every single time I've played it, my scores and my ability to do more has increased every single time. So to me, that's a sign of a, a good game to where I'm yeah. getting more out of it. And our scores are going higher. We're finding more efficient ways of doing things. And I've always felt like, you know, in Kanban, at the bottom left hand of the board, there's kind of that resource conversion. You can turn in any resource to get someone different. You know, there's a, there's a lot of flexibility in On Mars too. You have a wild resource. You have those crystals to do auxiliary actions. So I don't feel like... in they're at least those two games the resources aren't what make the game tight it's the limited amount of actions and how to do right. it efficiently that makes it tight uh, because Kanban and on mars have in-game triggers that are a little bit dynamic um because on mars the game ends when either you um your settlement gets upgraded far enough it'll hit, tri- hit um, trigger some ends uh, and then also on the main uh game board itself there's like there's an a b and c kind of global um, they're not goals, but they're actions that if you interact with them, they push kind of the end game trigger. And those are different every single yeah. game. So I think even in on Mars, there's more replayability and variability. There's not like once that strategy, you got to do it as you go. But yeah. I'm excited. But it is like I've mentioned before, their games are so heavy and complex that if you're not interested by the theme, it's kind of hard to justify the amount of effort that you want to put into it.
1: Yeah. It's also a space game. So it's not a space game. You're on a planet. Yeah, but don't you go into space? <laughs> you do go into space. Kind of like with airplanes. And speaking it's of an airplane. Space games. Games. No, no, yeah. So yeah. Well, and yeah, so speaking of space games. Well, real Jacob, quick before
0: we go, Jacob, would you be willing to play on Mars again? I oh, guess that's the real question. And okay. uh,
2: and um did you say you backed um, Weather Machine? Yes. Oh, I'm I'm totally looking forward to playing that too. Yeah. At least, at least
0: the theme excites me enough to want to yeah. want to play it. Yeah, I'm I'm in. Yeah. Now talked about we talked about in space, but Brady you recently got in a six-player game of Eclipse. I know this is Eclipse second edition. Um, Dawn, what Dawn of remember.
1: the Empire, Dawn of the Galaxy, something like that, something
0: like that. But this is a second edition that's come out in the past couple of years, uh, and this is kind of seen as a direct competitor to Twilight Imperium Four, yes, which is universally considered. We just considered- came off
1: of a high from the cabin trip of playing Twilight Imperium, so where high. I was like this close from beating steven <laughs> well
0: you sh- you would have beat steven if you would actually you let accepted, me play the g-
2: accepted your neighbor's gift yeah, which is how the
1: game is supposed to be played that's true and i really really want to have a conversation about that soon um but now is not the time yeah.
0: however but you played uh eclipse second edition and this is a direct kind of Apples-to-apples like, apples it's, it's
1: comparison. the Euro Twilight Imperium. Yeah, so let us know what you
0: think. I mean, what the, my appeal I've been interested in is because you can play the game legitimately at four and it has a really cool kind of tech development ship kind of upgrade Yeah, so I
1: will say I liked the tech development better in this game, I think, because you, um, oddly enough, it had this mechanism that very much reminded me of yes. Galaxy Trucker.
0: Yeah, because you have like three or four different ship. Kind of shapes that are broken off in blocks at the top of your player board, and you can buy upgrades that go in those slots to either make them like
1: engines or yeah, Yeah. like guns. But you can make them like
0: you can make it super defensive or super offensive or super ability based, yeah. But you just don't know what's going to happen until you just go into combat with it. Yeah, and you can
1: kind of the fun part about that is, and that is not in Twilight Imperium. Is you can kind of look over and see what your neighbors are doing, and then you can sort of build ships to that respond to I their think that's cool. ships and stuff. That was fun. And it's something that Twilight Imperium just doesn't do. They have, um, I feel like almost in Twilight Imperium, there's, um, at least for the, some of the different races, there are like very set paths or very like obvious paths that you want to go Be on more sometimes, optimal. more or less. Yeah. Um, and so this one kind of gave you a little more freedom. They came out, at least in the beginning of the game, In uh, Twilight Imperium, they came out, or sorry, Eclipse, they came out randomly um, in the beginning. And so you kind of, there was a little bit of competition for them as well, Mm because there was only a certain amount of so many. And those um, continue to come out randomly throughout the game. Towards the end of the game, almost all of them are out. Um, And so, yeah, the tech tree, I think, is very interesting Um, And then the other thing I think I liked a little bit better is the sense of exploration. So in Twilight Imperium, you start with every tile and everything available and face up on the board. So you can kind of see the whole galaxy um, from the very beginning of the game. And in uh, Eclipse, as you explore, you are like drawing tiles and flipping them over. So you don't necessarily know um, what you're going to get. And then in addition to that, the tiles sort of have these wormholes that almost create routes through the galaxy. So it's not, mm-hmm. so every tile isn't adjacent to every tile it's touching. And so that was cool. And it allowed you to sort of make borders in the galaxy. Um, yeah. I remember one of the reviews neighbors and stuff like that. You or, could turtle up because you can yeah, like expand
0: yeah. out specifically away from your opponents. People,
1: yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of do that. Nobody really turtled up at all. Um, But, and then there were, like, sort of NPC-type things that you kind of have to fight along the way. And it was kind of fun because my um, character ability was, like, sort of allies with the NPCs Mm -hmm. um, where I could go into their territories without fighting them. That allowed me to, like, take the center of the galaxy fairly quickly. And it was extra defensive because I had this, like, giant Death Star type of thing on it. And so it took a long time. It was very profitable for me but everyone else um would have to fight that thing to get in there and so that was really fun to get in um the combat system was also really cool and kind of unique it was mostly dice combat and like i said we talked about the ships and how you could custom build those Um, but all of the combat happened at the end of the the round or whatever and um, it staggers where one person is fighting one person, but if there's multiple people in the same area, then the last person to come in fights the next person. And then the winner of that will fight the next person. And so if there's multiple people, um, it's just really funny because as the defender and this happened to me, cause I was in the center, yeah, you are rooting for the people that you are about to fight because you want them to. To kill each other as much as possible before you, they get to you because, Mm -hmm. you know, if one of them just totally dominates the other one, then they're going to come at you full force. But if they can weaken each other enough, then you will have a better chance of beating them. So that was really interesting. I I like that part. Um, So
0: three questions I have. Um because I'm already very interested in the game because of some of the different mechanical
1: aspects And I aspect know you love Twilight Imperium, so Yeah. Well, no. th- <laughs> this is my three questions.
0: Um from your experience and that's what I'm looked on online when I've looked at it, does the game seem like it can be played just as equally um I don't I wouldn't say optimal, but to play to where you can get an equal enjoyment out of it at 3, 4, or 5 players versus a six full six player game?
1: Yeah, I could easily see it with uh, four players. Because when
0: you look online, the recommended is, maybe because of the even versus odds, but four and six player counts were the two most recommended player counts. So would you see a a a four-player count being optimal? Yeah. Okay, second one is um, downtime between turns. Because there's a difference between a game being long, but then the game also being long in between your turns. And to me, that is what kills me the most, I think in TI four.
1: So this one was, our game was a little slower because we were playing with six and I don't think anyone had had ever played it it before. And some Um, people
0: were just learning it for the first time.
1: Yeah. And so most of us had watched like at least a video or something. So we're somewhat familiar with it. Um, At least I did. And I would say the, the biggest thing that slowed the game down was, and I've heard that there is a, a fix to this in the form of like an app or just printed off sheets or whatever is the tech, the tech thing um,
0: you have to look at reference for what everything else yeah. is.
1: Well, you have to look at a reference and there's no reference sheet near you. And so, you so to print to, out, needs to print out player. Rate. Yeah. And so for me, you know, if it's my turn or if it's about to be my turn and the previous person is, you know, looking at the tech tree, I can't prepare for my turn because just he's one. holding it and I okay. need to see, well, you yeah. know,
0: so. And that's ridiculous why they wouldn't. You would think for a penny? So I out feel an extra like sheet. H-
1: half of the conversation through the whole night was me saying, "Can you hand me the tech tree?" Because and everyone was just saying, "Can I see the tech tree?" Because you were—it's—it's <sighs> it's really hard to plan out when you don't have. Yeah. What other game did right we
0: now? do that a lot in? Um, maybe the Path of Light and Shadow, where you're constantly uh, yeah, upgrading yeah. those, and it's like they just needed a copy, or you can easily remedy that by on BGG they have extra copies of those. Yeah. Um, but do you feel like after you know had a four player? count because that's where I would want to feel like play it the most after everyone has played it at least once and knew what they were doing and you had player rates how do you feel about the downtime yeah, it between could turns be,
1: it actually could can be, be fairly zippy because the actions are use, like, like pretty de- quick de- declare um,
0: your actions like hey I'm going to be doing this yeah this isn't going to affect my neighbors you can go ahead and start doing your yeah. next and action and the fact
1: that um The nice thing is that, um, you know, in contrast to Twilight Imperium, the battles all happen at the end. So Mm -hmm. I can take the action to move everything in there. And people kind of know that that's happening, but it doesn't halt in the game at all until the end. And so the next person just can just immediately go. We don't have to be like, all right, everybody pause. And if you're not in this combat, go take a 15 minute bathroom break or whatever, because this is about to get... You
0: know, yeah, and so your game lasted at six player count roughly four, four and a half hours after yeah. teach. Well, how yeah. would you feel that game that would cut down I, to I a you could four player get game? That
1: down to at least three hours, I would say,
0: even if everyone had played the game before,
1: yeah, yeah. If if people played the game before and everybody was like, ready and also to two go, less players, then, so I mean, like, yeah, three hours is probably reasonable for that game,
0: yeah. So, I mean, to me, if you're it, it still felt like you would call it a space epic type yeah. game yeah i mean it, i would I, I i wouldn't argue i wouldn't have any issue if you hey, three player count but like i'm actually doing things like i don't want a three player three hour game where i actually do actions for 15 20 yeah, minutes and you
1: know me i'm more the merrier so um <laughs> so six players was I, I would totally be down and play it with six again yeah
0: so. but i i think the price tag on this is sitting somewhere uh, maybe in the 150 range if it's yep. not out of print i don't know I was looking on Amazon and there was a listing for it for like over $300, but really, Ooh, I, I think gosh. it's supposed to be around 140 to 160. This I don't know if that's... inflation is
1: just getting out of control. Yeah. But
0: weight-wise, how did you feel about the weight difficulty?
1: Um, It really wasn't all that complicated. The action system was very straightforward. It was like, you know, move, explore. Um, the moving and attacking was basically the same thing. Um, and there were things like build or whatever so they were all very straightforward actions yeah, yeah.
0: um well the weight on I was looking here on BGG is uh 3.55 and actually it was it was 2020 so 2 years ago yeah i think it came it's like out.
1: just navigating the tech system um and the resource management is probably what takes that a little higher but 3.5 yeah and
0: bad. it's already ranked number 50 overall in top 100 um so that's definitely where another is it
1: where what is Twilight Imperium
0: Oh, twilight imperium is a uh, is top 10 okay. um i yeah i would I,
1: probably I, prefer to play um which just kind of goes against my
0: my motto a little Ti, bit. ti4 uh is six overall
1: six overall wow that's mm-hmm. higher than i thought it would be
0: yeah
1: all right well
0: yeah um have you all seen the craziness that has just hit the board game uh I wouldn't say the entire community, but at least the influence, influencer kind of uh, YouTuber and all that kind of stuff, by storm with the new Seamon oh Kickstarter word. project. Galactus, oh so my the Galactus. word! Oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah. I um, didn't know what you were talking so about. Several, at first, so, yeah. last week or so, uh, several different board game uh, YouTube channels and stuff were sent a little miniature for uh, from Seamon. A uh, little container. They opened up. It was a Silver Surfer and like a message like he's coming uh, or something like that. And obviously, Silver Surfer is a herald of Galactus, literally a world eater entity. Um, And so-
1: Oh, wow, I did not know about the backstory of this. I think I just saw like a picture online. And that is
0: awesome. And so, yeah, and so it's very thematic. That's
1: such a cool marketing scheme. Yeah,
0: and then a couple days later, they already had it, but they waited a couple days later and then they released the videos where um, do you remember, like with Cthulhu? Death may die. Where they had the giant Cthulhu figure, yeah. and was that um, that was Simon? Simon, well? okay. yep. And so they unveiled this giant box, and they pulled out a legitimately two feet tall giant behemoth of Galactus. Like um, comparison, like the Silver Surfer is kind of a standard little miniature. That thing didn't even come up to its ankle.
2: I mean, he, he, got hold, he was holding two dice in the palm of his hand. Was he? I can't remember. Two dice in the palm of he was, hand, yeah. But he was purple. So you but think about how big a miniature has to be to hold two dice. Oh yeah, like in the palm you place it hand. there. Yeah. But
0: he was a zombie. Now, if you've been watching anything with the Marvels What If series, they recently did a Marvel Zombies um, What If episode, which also is something that's in the comics that they play in different kind of these yeah, yeah. adjacent the kind zombies. of series. Yeah. Uh, and so the zombies are made up of both humans and Avengers and the bad guys. Um, and so the people that are trying to fight them are the Avengers and whoever not, that's not been turned into a zombie. So it's not just, Hey, it's Marvel characters versus zombies. Like, no, your Marvel characters can be zombies as well. Um, I don't
1: know how this so, well, plays the game, out. That's deeper in the sauce as far as comic goes. Well, eye, but I'm the, just trying to imagine Galactus getting bit by a zombie. Well, I, d- I
0: can't remember all the details of it but I'm sure it happened maybe he ate a planet full of zombies who knows Oh
1: yeah um, that would, that's but way.
0: the game it showed there is Zombie Side on it so it looks like they're making a Marvel Zombie Side as Simon's 15 mm. I've never gotten into
1: I've never gotten into Zombie Side but no, Marvel the the idea of like playing Wolverine and fighting zombies, zombies sounds awesome Or... So, Wolverine
0: as a zombie. As a zombie. Yeah. Or the Hulk as a zombie. And there's yeah. this absolute behemoth of a tank you have to yeah, take down yeah. as a boss. So, zombie side is a stereotypical when you think of Euro versus Amerithrash or Ameritrash. Zombie side whoa, falls. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a Marathrash. Okay. Marathrash. But. Jeez zombie sides falls very smack dab in that category um because it's all about here's some action points you can move around the map pick rolling up, dice rolling dice for combat shooting picking people. up equipment card shooting things it's very sandboxy i haven't played it before i don't know if like there's specific objectives and stuff for each scenario i'm sure there is surviving or horde modes uh but there's a ton of different uh, second editions or one that's very popular is zombie side um um, black Plague black plague, and then there's Green Horde and there's different editions of it um, but this is the next one and it's going to depend on I'd be willing to get into it because obviously this is more than just your generic hey here's some just standard character people and here's just a bunch of standard zombies it's actually interesting so it's going to be interesting to see is it just zombie side rethemed or is it going to be here's some new mechanics some new ways you can play it um, some interactive things Um, So I'm definitely interested in seeing what that looks like and what the gameplay will be. is that coming
1: to Kickstarter? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, And I'd be willing, hey, listen, if we could have it, and we'll see, I would imagine it will, because I think with the giant Cthulhu figure that it was actually playable in a scenario. Um, So I'm sure the Galactus will be like an end big boss to a campaign or something. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with it. I feel like it can just be very, very, you could easily phone it in, just like some of these other Marvel IPs, they just slap on stuff. Uh, you just phone it in, slap the IP on it, or you can actually deep dive and get into really some really cool kind of character-specific game modes, and like you're really exploring these characters and these heroes to be able to do things and how they act. I don't want to see Iron Man pick up a gun and go shoot somebody, or or ride in his pimp mobile and run over some zombies. That's what there's literally a pimp car. Is like as a mechanic in the game, you can get in and run over zombies, I believe. Um in zombie side? Zombie side. <laughs> um, that's what I'm pretty sure that's what they call it. So I don't really care to see anything. I want to like see my specific heroes with their yeah. abilities and the, you know, and the zombies doing attack Marvel, me that way.
1: They've been doing Marvel for a little bit, so I I don't doubt. And they, they do treasure their zombie side like franchise yeah, or whatever. Because I want believe to call it's that.
0: either the first or one of the very first, like at least big successful. Um, Kickstarter so yeah. that's one of the big ones I really kicked it off as a company for them um, a lot of the other Marvel games I haven't been that interested in I know the uh, um, yeah, the Marvel Champions hit, hit I had a miss for me yeah Marvel United I wasn't too like little miniature Funko Pop type characters the cooperative stuff didn't really seem too interested in um, but I did back Marvel Dice Throne Um, Just because I enjoy just some light thrown here and there, but I enjoy the Marvel characters, and so that's definitely enough to tip me in the balance of let's see if we could maybe kick this, kickstart this, see what it's like. But Mm. it hasn't been really; it's not even on a preview on Kickstarter yet, so I have no idea the what it looks like. The
1: exclusives and whatnot is just gonna just gonna send everything. oh my gosh!
0: I would not be surprised if this hit ten million dollars on Kickstarter.
1: Yeah, it'd be yeah. And I think
0: Gloomhaven's uh, Frosthaven actually maybe hit around eight or nine million. Yeah. Um, but the combat is going to be
1: one of those things where the zombie
0: side is huge. I mean, there's so much content out there and so many fans, and it's been around for years. And in addition to Marvel and Marvel's zombies, so it is a niche setting that you just don't get Marvel zombies anywhere else. Yeah. There's nowhere else you just get that versus just, you know, your cliche, clean cut Marvel characters in a million other games. So I could see this as they do it right, if they lean into it all the fanboy type stuff if they really some cool gameplay modes and exclusives and so before we kind of get into our main topic uh, today um, also just want to mention at the beginning because we mentioned at the end of last week's episode is our discord channel that we have uh, up for the discussion phase we got it up and going we have different uh, channels in there uh, for the different episodes that we talk about, uh, some general discussions, recent played and stuff. So we would love it if you would kind of get on there and kind of you could talk with us, the rest of the guys, uh, interact with us, let us know the stuff that you're into, uh, which of us you agree with, disagree with, with our topics and stuff. But it's a fun uh, way to engage with one another, and so we look yeah. forward to using that more and getting to know you all better as well.
1: Yeah, and I think the highlight of my week is when the episode goes up and some of the guys have a have a chance to hear it and and or as they're listening to it they're like in the group chat talking about like how wrong we are in certain areas or trash talking us or whatever yeah. so we or- want to expand that conversation as best as we can. Um, And I think Discord is the way to go on that.
0: Yeah, so you can find it. uh, We're gonna be putting the links uh, on our Instagram and also in the the show note descriptions below on the podcast, uh, the link to go on there. You don't need any special code or anything. It's open for anyone who wants to join us. Uh, and just set those notifications on. I know, Brady, you had a just the hardest old man, difficult time yes. trying to figure out. I was like, hey, how do I see if Discord is talking to me or yeah. how do I, I communicate? I feel
1: very old trying to figure out Discord, yeah. but, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, so.
0: it's, it's a different – the way Discord is set up is a little bit different than your, your stereotypical kind of group chat apps or anything yeah, like yeah. that because it's all broken down into different – groups and channels and different kind of subtopics and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. Very Reddit it, Reddit-ish like. Sort of. um, and so, but, get on there with us and it'll be a fun time.
1: Yeah, Looking forward to it. Alright, but speaking of giant zombie miniatures, that leads us straight into our main topic today, which is board games for when... That's right. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine with some board games in my bag. That's right. Um, No phones, no electricity. Nothing at all. It's just you and the board games on your back and the few packs of ramen noodles that are coming with you.
0: I am so excited about this topic because I am... (laughs) When people say deep in the sauce, that doesn't even compare to how deep in the sauce I am when it comes to Doomsday, Doomsday Apocalypse. Bro, I am prepper to the hilt. I have just not gone out and spent thousands and thousands of dollars of my milk uh, all my meals and my water You've and my just guns and my I've yeah. mentally prepped it. I mentally don't, prepped. I've mentally prepped it. I just don't exercises. actually have it. Here's the thing when that I, EMP Matthew, goes off you're, you're, and our trucking system can no longer bring resources yeah, 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 from point yeah, A yeah. to point Guess B, and the communists drop in <laughs> from North Korea and you know Patrick Swayze is dead from the first movie. Um and when the you know the aliens drop down, you know who's gonna be ready?
1: No, not you.
0: Me because and my bunker.
1: You You've don't it, have. Oh, bro. What's well, well, gonna happen to trails. all of your all of your Bitcoin? No, no self respecting. Doge. Uh, Doge is apocalypse. Is gonna have Doge coin. That stuff is it's just in the air. Doge coin no, is the currency anything. of the apocalypse. We're getting off
2: topic. Okay, <laughs> but I, what I'm saying is I am.
1: Like I am excited. excited for this list. I think it's a great. It's, I think it's a great thing to talk about because I, for whatever reason, in the board game community, we talk about app integration to, with board games as Not if anymore. the zombie apocalypse is going to happen tomorrow. But today, it happens. It's tomorrow. Yeah. No app integration. None of that stuff in so this list. It's just we, old fashioned. Yeah. Board games.
0: So when we talk about. Doomsday and apocalypse for Brady. His mind immediately goes to zombies. zombies. Yeah. My mind goes to there's been some kind of nuclear war, fallout type EMP stuff. EMPs going out. To me, I, I legitimately feel it's more, much more likely that an EMP goes out that wipes out. Yes, Brady, then more than zombies. No. Uh, that an EMP wipes out all of our communication. Like, Because what would people do? Because all these trucks, they run on chips, microchips. That's like one of the reasons why new cars have been so hard to get when I had to get my new cars because all the microchips for the computer systems and the cars are hard to get because of production shortages. And so when all these vehicles don't stop, or stop working and there's no trucks that are bringing anything into your local food city or Walmart or grocery stores, like food's going to be gone in two or three days at least, if not... One day because people are going yeah. crazy. And what are you going to do?
1: All those crazy people are rushing Walmart and are rushing Costco and all that. I'm going to Barnes and Noble Get where no games. one is, where none of the zombies are yet, and that's I'm right. picking up my favorite games. So that's right. Um, so who, we're talking
0: about games that we would take with us. Now, stipulations we had one is. Yeah. We have to pretend that we aren't like Matthew, and we're not the well-prepared yeah, yeah. doomsdayer. And so you don't you have had, a home.
1: If you were in a zombie apocalypse or whatever, an apocalypse, and had a massive bunker with like a library full of games, that's no fun. We're talking about games you either carry on your back or in the back of like a jeep or other off-road vehicle. Yeah, along, so along with like your bedding and everything else that you have. Or your family and loved ones, <laughs> <laughs> or your friends.
0: Uh, so think of like the road or something like that that yeah, is a great example, or thinking. the Book of Eli.
1: The book of VR, yeah yeah I'm a
0: Are we blind? <gasps> oh,
2: spoiler it so, came out um, what like 2006. So that's
0: that's that is the premise in which we've made this list board games that in whatever doomsday scenario these are the ones we'd want to take with us and the reasons why we might want to take them as well. So as being a guest uh for today's episode, Jacob, why don't you round us uh start us off with the first one here? It Doesn't have to be 1 through 5, it can just be whatever order you want to, and then why
2: that game? All right, so here's my thinking. These have to be small boxes. They have to have few components. You have to be able, at a moment's notice, to sweep everything into or leave the box it behind. and go, no, that's not an option. No way. If it's important enough to take with me people on always apocalyptic die. apocalyptic journey, people is, always it, die it in these important. movies
0: because they refuse to leave things behind so
2: small box few components on the go i mean if i was thinking that route i would have gone with like the the boxes with the most paper so i could just use it as kindling but no <laughs> on the go all right and so i've got a few and i'm going to start with a little bit of redundant one because you talked about this game on the last podcast and i'm just it's i have recency bias even though i got my we, we all freaking, do we all do even though i got um the uh the Living Daylights kicked out of me a few times by Brady Robertson on a recent trip. Lord of the Rings: The Confrontation is my two-player game. So I have I have a few different genres. That is my two-player head-to-head game for when it's just me and one other person up late at night by the fire that's burning in a little garbage can, and uh, we're smoking a, a pack of cigs and just talking life and going at it. In some Why are, are you of the smoking Rings?
0: cigarettes in a zombie apocalypse? When, what else is there to do when running? Literally
2: board game, Jacob. That's literally exactly. the whole we smoking cigs around the board game table.
1: What are you going to do when you need to run for your life and you can't
2: breathe? It, that's beside the point. <laughs> Lord of the Rings Confrontation. I, Brady, you introduced me to this game last week, yes. two weeks ago, and you guys have talked about it before, so I don't want to take a whole bunch of time, but I never played it. And I've also never played Stratego, which apparently it's based off of, right? It's kind of similar. Yeah. I've never yeah. played that either. Um, I didn't know this kind of game existed, and I was just absolutely enthralled. You'd by never it. played it before, never played it. I, I was the same way the and very he first loved it all, after
1: yeah. getting spanked three times three in times in a row <laughs> and I was just enthralled by it.
0: Very and, first time uh, I played it, I loved it as well.
2: Yeah so um I don't know if it you guys feel like it needs this description it you know we talked about it a yeah. lot yeah. essentially it's Lord it, of the Rings Stratego is a very apt description, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's my that's that's my first one. Yeah. Also my weak sauce one. I, so I got, your weak I got, sauce I got, one. Okay,
1: so here here's how I decided to take this. A little bit genre-esque, but in, instead of like genres, um, I am ranking mine from when the party is still like healthy and then as the party starts to die off and you have less uh, and less people.
2: You just throw a game with them. You throw it in their grave with them. Yeah, well, you need
1: variable variable player count. So I'm going to start off with a party game. Like, you know, Apocalypse just started. Still got a lot of people around. You need a good party game. So A lot of positive vibes, too. Yeah, Yeah, and you need a lot of positive vibes. And everybody's going to be down, so you need a little bit of a conversation starter. And that's why I am doing Wavelength.
0: I was um, ready for Telestrations to come out. No, no, no. All right. They cross so,
2: that one out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I said, <laughs> Brady,
0: do not pick the games. Don't pick Watergate, and don't pick Blue Lagoon or Telestrations.
1: Spoilers, Matthew. Spoilers. Okay, so so with, I, I had Telestrations down because I think it gives a lot of laughs. Unfortunately, it still, number one, takes up a decent amount of space with True. all of those notebooks. True. And second, you can kind of play it with just regular notebooks that you find around. And then third is those dry erase markers. You're going to run out of those. Well, they're going to last all if you're giving them some hard use, those things are not they're going to last all of you're like just 3 plays blood. Yeah, Exactly. So, the telestrations is just not built for the zombie apocalypse. That's why I'm going with Wavelength. Really, you're just sticking that plastic thing in your pocket or in your backpack along with um like a you know that small little deck of cards. And that's really Ultimately, all you need to play that game. Um, so little little deck of cards, and you can just eventually just start coming up with your own stuff once you have gone through
2: all the True. cards. For the listeners, what is wavelength?
1: Yeah, so wavelength. Um, I think we've talked about this is a great party game that I discovered a couple of years ago, year ago, not not a cup, not quite a couple year, of years yeah. ago. Um, but this is like my go to conversa- conversation starter game, and so essentially. Um, it's a team-based game, and your one person on your team is given a prompt, like um, epic or mediocre or something like that, like you, two usually more polar opposite type of, of prompts, and then um, they uh, are given basically a, um, a target percentage on that. So if it's um, if zero percent is mediocre and epic is a hundred percent, and they are and. So their target is 60%. Um, They're trying to give something that is 60% towards epic. And so, you know, you're trying to think of like the Lord of the Rings movies. Like it's a movie. And so what this ensues is the person gives the hint and then everybody just devolves into chaos as they talk about, you know, how far along the scale such and such thing is. One of my favorite moments in this um, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but it was the, the prompt was classy and, um, tacky, classy and tacky. And my cousin throughout Olive Garden mm. and that was, I have just never seen so many people passionately defend Olive Garden <laughs> and at the same time, passionately like trash Olive Garden. Like it was like a dumpster. And so people, yeah, it was just so funny and it is it's a great way to just like set this in a room of people who might not know each other super well and just get the conversation started. Um, probably uh, if anything more of a, um, of an activity than a game, but hey, still I love
2: it when you're here, your family. And that's, that's the story People people around the wavelengths, uh, yeah. that, uh, table. So we would get a lot of laughs and everything. So, so yeah. yeah. And all you right. know who knows uh, olive garden breadsticks may may last through the apocalypse. hard as hard as a rock.
1: Yeah, after a few days.
0: So, I went with not based on the how good I think the game is, but I think what the game can bring to the situation. And what is the one thing that you're going to be in dire need of? And is toilet on, paper. Food. Food. And so, what do we all like to do when we're hungry? Eat. Eat or at least look at the food we wish we had. So when we're licking rocks and we're gnawing on sticks and we're just wondering who's going go to break first and eat the other fun. person, what other game would we want to play than Sushi Go? Sushi party. Go. Baby. Uh,
1: okay. Okay. I would probably would have gone with standard Sushi Go because Sushi Go Party is a little bigger, but it might, and, like and it might, requires it, like
0: it a, might board. Stop a
2: bullet. So, you know, with that tip. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: like you said, our party size will dwindle. Over time, and so we need a game that can play the 12 player count and go yeah. down and you um, never
2: know when a
1: 10 box would come in hand. and
0: you can get rid of the 10 box and you can it's just a stack deck some decks of cards
1: oh, and a little your, player you can board keep your little tinder in there
0: yeah it's too loud though clanking. The zombies will come after us um, Ooh, but it is also a good point I, yeah that's but in zombie apocalypse or whatever uh, situation doomsday scenario you want to think of food is going to be at a premium and luxury food like sushi is not going to be readily available um and i want to be able to i am looking at these games how can these games teach the generation who are born in the that's doomsday? also
1: a good point that <laughs> so I might hey bring up later. I, what do i want
0: <laughs> what what do i want to last more out when i die from gangrene or whatever Infection or disease, I get. I want. I want the next generation to carry on the legacy. Mm. And sushi is something that I love, and I want to make sure that they know the names and how to make it. And oh. and I think that is it's a it's a tradition that I want to last. Yeah. Yeah. Pass um, on your you know. Japanese heritage. So it's also a very fun. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, I'm multicultural, yeah, but in yeah, addition yeah. to just that part of it, sushi go party or just sushi go is a very lightweight kind of uh, drafting type game that. There's different modules, there's different scoring ejections, yeah. a lot of replayability. Sushi go is a classic.
2: We I haven't, haven't played
1: in a long time, but it's classic.
0: Um, so that would be my first pick in a world where we are hungry Sushi Go. Good deal.
2: Yeah. I'm still imagining the apocalypse not being zombies or not being a. Um, <laughs> a why am I blanking? EMP. Um, Electromagnetic pulse. There you go. That, I was, you was blanking on the three words. Um, I'm envisioning like total government Control martial law is enforced. Uh, like you dystopian time. Yeah, okay. that's my. That's what I'm envisioning. So, just, well, so Jacob, context, I won't be alive for that
0: to happen because I would have died protecting your freedoms. So, I agree let that with.
2: Well, so I agree with here. Brady that we do need a party game, and um, people need to laugh, and we need to be reminded that there are good things in this world worth worth fighting for, Mister yeah. Frodo. Um, that's a callback to my last game. This game, however, has nothing to do with the Lord of the Rings. It may have a few cards that do. And you don't even need this game to play it, but you would if you didn't have it, you'd need pens and paper, and those may be in low supply. So yeah, yeah,
1: this whole argument, let's just get rid of the whole pens and paper thing right now. That argument, out the window. I better not see a deck of cards on your all's list. For this right. game,
2: you need, this is monikers. This is fishbowl in a box. It's ju- it's just cards with words, but words have point values, and you okay, play three wait, rounds. Wait, wait, one mind. round I is bring charades. That back. This one you totally can just play with pieces of paper and pencil. Exactly. But- you but you need those. You may not have those depending on the kind of apocalypse you're envisioning. Okay. So, monikers essentially fishbowl. If you don't know what that is, there's three rounds. Yeah,
1: down here in the south we call monikers fishbowl. Yeah. For one reason. round
2: is you. It's like catchphrase. You can say. Anything you want, except the words on the card. The yeah. next uh, next round is charades. You, yeah, and You act you, it out, can't speak. And then the final round, or depending how you play it, there's very, different variants, is you get one word. And if you say um or er uh, or mm, you're out. You can't say anything no, else. Yeah. You're stuck. If you're
1: playing all you're hardcore stuck. like that. Yeah. Not to mention, with fishbowl, though, you could use the bowl to collect water. That would be really That's nice. That's true. That'd be handy.
2: So, yeah. monikers, my number two. All right.
1: So, my number two um, it's got a little, there's a little bit of thought going into this. Um, I, this is again, half the parties died off at this point. We went from like a party of 12 to a party of like maybe five or so. And that is Skull. Have you guys played Skull? I've seen it. I have not played it. It's made, a, it's like a game about coasters. So this is yeah. probably physically the lightest game on my list. Um, you could, probably even legitimately just like wrap around a rubber band around the coasters and play it. Um, but this is uh, my stand in for the better game, which I would have put down liar's dice, except what's the problem with liar's dice, Matthew noise. You noise. just mentioned it. Yeah. Noise. Yeah. Are noise. you kidding me? You can't be in a facility with r- potentially zombies ro- roaming around everywhere and then just be like, as you like roll your dice, not gonna happen, but um, Skull is a great replacement, a noiseless replacement, um, bluffing game, and I love these just like straight up bluffing games, they like, get they just um expand so much, so the depth expands so much as you continue to play them, um, and this is one that like. Uh well if you like r- lost a, a coaster set you could almost like find one on the road just go into your local like Outback Steakhouse or like Texas Roadhouse thing and you could just find your own game yeah so that's it skull
0: very good and so my number two um, obviously um, the first thing that we're gonna do as a civilization is the civilizations fall into tribalism. Um, To where it's our gang, our group, against yours. And so one thing that we're going to have to be doing is fighting for survival, fighting for resources. And so obviously the smarter, more sophisticated of us have a tendency to survive. So a little sabotage. Um, And so I'm thinking of a game that can cause people to break down their bonds of fellowship uh, infighting people to be driven to madness.
1: So are you like sending this game into so this enemy a, tribes? This pick
0: is a game that I would leave at the doorstep, Trojan horse style, of the <laughs> enemy, Ooh. hoping that they pick it up, play it, I like and they approach. all fall into anarchy and chaos. So yeah. it's
1: not a board game, it's a weapon. It is both, yes. I it's think It's a this, callback to Book of Eli. I'm excited Eli. to hear this.
0: Uh, this. My number two is Talisman, specifically revised fourth <laughs> edition. <laughs> <laughs> what? I... We're, what in my,
1: backpack are you carrying this into?
0: We're it's, a, it's a little, it's a little like a red orcs. wagon I'm pulling around oh with me. Okay. But I'm going to, in like a little, I'm going to have a little wagon. I'm going to put all the ten expansions for Talisman in it. I'm going to kind of push it to the doorstep of their encampment and just wait till they open it. Oh, a fun, lighthearted game with my friends. Yeah. Um, and they open it up and boom, headshot, and boom, crossbow to the heart. <laughs> you know, and they're going to have infighting, and while they're fighting and losing their minds and killing each other. That is when we gentlemen can sneak in and take their supplies. Okay. Um, so as a so this is a
1: game with a mission. A game right. with you the went, mission. You definitely went in a different direction. Our, with this I, I mean, I our job is to that.
0: survive, <laughs> and so a game that can help us survive in the most uh, obscure situations. I will
2: choose talisman as my secret weapon.
1: Okay. All right, Jacob. That, what's That's your next good. One?
2: Respect that. Um, I think that in any situation, whether it's zombie, whether it's EMP, whether it's martial law, we're going to meet bad guys. We need to know how to interact with those bad guys. And, um, so we're going to need to know how to lie and a great game for lying. Also in a small box, readily available. You can swipe everything in there. Don't say is it is Coup. Oh, okay. Coup. Yes. And, um, I would actually, this would be more practice. This is how we would train our little version of Dumbledore's army to defeat the enemies. Yeah. Is, um, through, uh, the brain, the mind.
1: Yeah. Coup is a little more complicated than skull. Skull is, is just straight up bluffing. And, but the thing I love about, uh, about coup is it just can, and with a lot of other, other bluffing games as it continues to develop, I, I love that first game with people where they kind of get into a corner and they're sitting there like, well, I can't do anything. And, and, you, you can get kind of stuck in a corner, but you kind of have to anticipate that and realize, okay, before I get shoved into this corner, what do I need to do? What lies do I need to spill here right. to like get out of this situation?
2: And so, yeah, it, yep. it grows with you. Yep. Very good. It Great also game, can help. game plays in 10 to 15 yeah. minutes. And Very smart box.
0: You can use it to figure out which small among box. us cannot be trusted. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And
1: if you get like the cool, like, sort of credit-looking upgraded coins, you could probably legitimately trade those in the future as some sort of weird oh, currency. Oh, that would be the new absolutely. form of currency. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. You could be like, hey, this is worth a lot of credits right here. That'll <laughs> definitely get you a pack of cigarettes mm. or some coffee, any you know, any of those. Luxuries. I am the
2: captain, by the way, so I'll take yours. If, yeah, yeah. Uh, If you
1: don't give it to me. Uh-huh. All right, Brady, you're number three. All right, so we're also, you know, everyone's seen The Walking Dead at this point. No major spoilers, but the epitome of the 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 synapse of the walking dead is that you, people don't get along and so we need a game that teaches us how to get along and how to work together and so i'm going to stand this one in for the mind a super simple little game where people work together they're on a team they're trying to get to the next level it can be taught in seconds so you need a quick your your squad is about to go infiltrate the enemy camp and you need like a quick little hoorah, you just bust out the mind and play it with them. And it teaches also teaches helps out with the math skills. So
2: that's true. There may be situations where you cannot vocally communicate and you need to yeah. telepathically yeah. communicate. And you need an to apocalypse. be able to look at
1: your person in the yeah. eyes and know what they're doing. And telling.
2: the mind is very good preparation for that when that day comes. So yeah. Good pick. Yep. yep. Very good. Very so good. So
1: that's a that's a four player. So again, a little bit of the more of the group has died off, and you're down to the core four right there.
2: Yeah, yeah, because people can't just sit out of a game. They have to die off. <laughs> yeah, in
1: the zombie apocalypse, they do. They're dying off. I, again, Walking Dead, they all die off eventually.
0: righty. so my number three, um, and we're kind of getting into, like I mentioned before, what are the things that we're going to want to leave behind um, to those that, you know, our children, grandkids, and everything. You're
2: fully expecting that you're not making it out of this. No. I'm expecting to survive, baby. For how long? Like, you're going to die Endless. eventually. Until until I would die of natural it's, causes. It's
1: about raising the next generation. I and, agree with Matthew. Yeah, and if something
0: happens to me, and I'm not there to, to teach my children anymore, he sounds um, so and they're just by themselves, it's a, it's a heavy burden to bear. <laughs> um, I have no children yet, but the thought of my children weighs heavy on me. Uh, the game that I would choose for them to be able to learn how to survive in the most desolate of situations and the most hardened of times, um, from cold, from hunger, from war, whatever it would be, and that is the this war of mine.
2: Oh wow! Is this a solo game? I thought you were about to say the Oregon Trail. But... No, <laughs> that would be
0: for. I'm not worried about dysentery.
1: <laughs> is this a solo game?
0: No, I, I I guess you can technically technically play it solo. So it is a cooperative game. Um, it is essentially set in kind of the um, Eastern Europe, imagine kind of like an alternate 1980s Eastern Europe yeah, where, yeah, there's, yeah. It's where like there's
1: cold Is it Cold War stuff? It's
0: not really, it's not super in the historical setting. It's just imagine like the Eastern Europe that's been bombed and people are just trying to survive in these yeah. broken down cities. That's a heavy
1: game, too.
0: I wouldn't say it's, it's heavy, it's difficult as far as like trying well, sorry, to win sorry. against the situation. Well,
1: I meant heavy as in it's heavy emotionally not necessarily oh happy. yeah it is yeah, it's, yeah. it's
0: i sold this game just because we never got it to the table but honestly i i, I played it solo a couple times i've heard great actually, things about it and yeah. i bought
1: this i i saw it on the switch actually which i wouldn't prob- so it, well, it well, originally, it,
0: so originally it was a pc game Okay. it really originally was a video game but they turned it into a board game and I remember playing it uh, it was just so rich in theme that it, you felt kind of the burden of like yeah. we're in this kind of Eastern this European one country this like gets you prepared um, for the end of but the essentially world. the board and you are in you have a house that's been bombed and you have rubble everywhere in different levels and you're trying you're spending actions cooperatively trying to clean out your house finding parts and wood and water and resource and then you try to create things you're trying to create a furnace you're trying to create a bed trying to create tools so that you could then use them from other things, but then you have to defend yourself against raiders uh, who try to come in through the front. Uh, you can also go on scavenging missions as well um, and looking for a bunch of different things and resources. And so, um, if I want a game to be able to, hey, kids, if I'm not here to teach you and help protect you, play this war of mine and you'll get a sense for what yeah. to do in this situation. Welcome
1: to the real world. Welcome Canada. to the
0: real world. Down to get this game again. I just sold it really just because we hadn't played it and no one else are really showing a big interest in it. Um, it may be one of those games that we want to play just to experience one or two times. Yeah. I don't know if it's a game that we'll just want to keep and play all the time. Because like you said, it is a dark theme. It is it's heavy and kind of like emotional weight. Um, but I mean, if you if you didn't have issues with the Abomination, Air Frankenstein, yeah.
1: you probably wouldn't I, have very. I bought this on the Switch. It was on sale for like a yeah. dollar ninety nine or something. It does have a little app integration,
0: um, very very minor. Because like one of the things you can do is scavenging. You can pick a lock. Matthew, they have things with the game itself. You can pick the lock, but if you want to, you app can integration
2: app integration app integration no
0: nope. this is the nope. apocalypse i know you don't have to use it um, okay, but if you okay. did you could have your phone and you could literally there's like a real time like picking a lock game with like timing it's actually really hard to do but obviously we're in doomsday situation you don't have that but that would be mine
2: that's, okay, war that's of a mine. great uh, that's a good one all right jacob uh, we need to make sure that our minds continue to be intellectually stimulated. Yes. Uh, we don't want our minds to turn to mush in yeah, the middle of a true. zombie apocalypse. And so, a game of deductive reasoning. One, that is a friend of the Discussion Phase podcast, Cryptid. Okay. Very good. Great. Small box game. You can throw everything in that box and go if you see the zombies coming. Um, yeah, and but, if
1: you need, if you lose the little shack or the little whatever, you can just find a
2: find a replacement. Yeah. yeah, find a, something on the side of the road. And uh, basically, you go around asking your opponents at the table if the cryptic could be in a place, and they say yes or no by placing a cube or a circle on there. Uh, what's the, I guess what's the 3D shape? A cylinder. Yeah, it's like a, uh, like, a chunky yeah. cylinder. Yeah. And uh, there's only the one spot. Stand. It's a pre-programmed algorithmic game where there's one spot the cryptic could be each time. And uh, great game. Oh. Stimulates the mind. Yeah, this, is,
1: this is a, a good one. And I there really, really is no other game that I feel like I am physically exercising my brain when I play this game. Because you just have to hold so much stuff in your head at the same time... Um, you know, like once you figured out one, one or two people's rules, you're like, okay, that's what theirs are. Now I got to figure that person. And when all of your mental energy is focused on that, you forget what the other ones are. And then you yeah. have to go back and go, Oh, Oh crap. What, what were theirs again? Yeah. And it, I do, I feel like my brain is physically getting bigger when yeah. I play this game. You're not
0: learning things, but it, it, it keeps you very sharp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So that's a great one. My next one um, so we went from a squad of four, now we're down to just a squad of two. It's looking dire. So you need a good two-player game that's also educational, and you guessed it, it's Watergate. So this one is like a board game and a library book in the same game. Yeah, it is
2: true, it's a good point. We will yeah. remember our past.
1: Yeah, and so when you know the next generation's looking up at me and he's like Hey, what what is the United States? What who is this Nixon guy? I can just pop that rule book open and be like, "Study up!" Yeah, there it is. And and the game is fantastic. And he's like, Dad, I don't want to learn about this dead guy. I want to worry about
0: getting some berries for Mama because she's hungry.
1: Yeah, but you know, you gotta you gotta learn about government eventually. Everything you know, you gotta start establishing new order and whatnot. Um, so this is a good one for that, and this is by far my favorite two-player game. Yep. Yeah. So.
0: Well, in that same line, I will take your Watergate as a historical educational game, teaching our kids about the future and the government. And I'll one up you with Twilight Struggle. That's right. If we want history, <laughs> why don't we get a lot more? This one's history. a lot bigger. It's I will a lot say. bigger, uh, but still not that big of a box. The box really wasn't that big. It's very condensed. Uh, in it gotta I, bored in so it. when we do just get down to two people and everyone else has died off uh, from wounds or zombies yeah, or that's not radiation
1: the fun. the fun is still happening <laughs> we've the got all the time
0: we've got all the time in the world uh, time to kill and so with Twilight Struggle uh, the sole purpose of it would be for historical purposes but also diplomacy one thing you're going to have to learn how to do is bargain uh, barter learn to work with other people figure out situations de-escalate tension um, and so twilight struggle to be both educational yep. fun and help you to expand i do your negotiating I, i'm feeling you
1: i'm feeling you on all of those points um and so yeah i'll just i'll just leave it at that for now
2: but you still wouldn't
1: take it no i wouldn't take it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't play it and not Zelda well brady you
0: take watergate i'll take twilight struggle we'll see who can last longer
1: okay there we go yeah, yeah. that you're going to be carrying
2: twice correlation carry. equals causation
1: maybe Yep. Yeah. All right. Take a last um,
2: one. My last game. My last game. Now, in reality, I have to be honest, and so I'm going to give it honorable mention to my deck of bicycle playing cards because, in reality, that's all I'd be taking. Because,
1: but I, I would feel take like them. I, so I feel like a, a deck of playing cards in the zombie apocalypse would be like standard issue. They they yeah, would like yeah, hand yeah. you your rifle, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> your rations, and Welcome then a deck the of playing cards. Yeah.
2: Here's your deck of playing <laughs> cards. Yeah. And cigarettes. Yeah. Cigarettes. Now why? why Where is
0: this desire to? <laughs> Some I don't
2: smoke it now, so I just like to imagine I'm a little more hardcore in the apocalypse. Yeah. So you can just smoke a whole pack. Yeah, I yeah. feel like in,
0: in any situation where you have no health care, um, <laughs> my desire to have optimal health would be a little sounds a like little a, bit sounds
2: like a guy who works in healthcare. We yeah. don't have that in the apocalypse, anyways. We need a, a replayable game for team unity, cohesion, and just fun, and just one people throw out and. This has probably become all too cliche, especially if you follow the good Tom Vassell, but the crew, either uh, the Quest for Planet Nine or Mission Deep Sea, will work. Just find whichever copy you can. Take it with me. Take it with you. Your crew will survive. If they can get to space yeah, or to the teamwork. bottom of the ocean, to Atlantis, I you put, will survive the apocalypse. I, I
1: specifically put the mind on my list because I figured you're going to put the crew on your list, but they, I, I feel like they're almost interchangeable. The crew is obviously a little more complicated um but if if you got your if you got the crew and your standard deck of playing cards it's that's like the, the whole package
2: right there. true yeah, yeah. maybe so. be a little redundant but it's worth it
1: yeah i don't know if you could i guess you could play something along the lines of the crew you'd have to make standard, it up but we'd yeah. have
2: we've got all time in the world
1: yeah okay so my last one you guess it we just came off of our two-player game well What my buddy got captured.
2: Okay. (laughs) The final.
1: Yeah. So now (laughs) we're down down to one. (laughs) We come down. It's just me now. And in case if we do get into a a rough situation, I need a solid solo game that's going to prepare me to go and get my buddy or my wife or whoever gets captured. And so I have not played this one, but I've heard great things. And that is hostage Negotiator. Oh yeah. So this is a like solo this. game where you are you are working with a a not a hostage. I guess you're working with a some sort of terrorist or something, um, and they have the hostage, and you are um, playing back and forth. It's it's a card driven game, um, and basically trying you win if you um, get them out, and you play these like conversation points. Uh, and things like that. So, so yeah, the, it's fairly thematic. I actually think they're reprinting it with a different theme, but the hostage negotiator theme works fantastically in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. There's constantly, you know, you're talking about the warring tribes, people breaking in, people stealing, high-profile, valuable people, like healthcare workers, doctors, engineers, that sort of stuff, and you got to go get those people back, and you got to know how to negotiate with them. Mm-hmm. So hostage negotiator is a great solo game for when you're only down to one, and also teaches you how to negotiate to get yourself out of those sticky situations. Yeah.
0: So. Oh, this last spot was really hard for me because I was thinking maybe, you know, a medical, like a, some Rush MD or Dice Hospital, or maybe think of something like Stone Age. Like, how are like we gonna-
1: Operation? Are you gonna bring Operation with Well, you?
0: Operation was on my short list if you want to sabotage and kill somebody because the zombies <laughs> are gonna hear that buzzing and come after <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have something like Stone Age where like, hey, getting resources, crafting, building huts, there you tools. There yeah. Um, uh, but I think I'm really, I'm going to go with pandemic, I think would be the game I take. It's cooperative. I yeah. Can play play it with one... people. You need something team building. Also, geographical. These are, hey, this is the world, right? And this is how something can happen. And um, obviously, we don't want to be in any situation where the world is falling apart. I Even mean, though, sometimes it may feel like that. But I think a cooperative game is important. I think also a game that can teach you about viruses or the importance of health and like San being sanitary and cleanliness and all these kind of things. It has
1: amazed me. I know we've mentioned that I've been in school. I'm taking things like microbiology and anatomy and physiology, and it has amazing how far our idea of sanitation has come. So recently in the past, where people. Mm -hmm. Like even a hundred years ago, just did not have much of a concept of like, yeah, or properly bacteria, cooking food, yeah, for because like, you're like hey, I
0: don't see bacteria in there yeah. or worms. It's,
1: yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and the, they thought like diseases came from like just bad air and stuff like that, which yeah. is somewhat true, but kind of it's yeah. off.
0: One game I did want to put on this list, but I haven't technically, I haven't played it, um, and it just got it arrived the other day, and I think you picked it up for me, hopefully, um, and that is Outlast. Outlive, 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 which is literally what we're talking about the board game. Uh, It's kind of a realistic scenario, kind of like it has a very reminiscent of like the world of like uh, the last of us minus the zombies. But that kind of world Mm. is what it is. Uh, And your people, you're going around this different city getting everything from food to ammo to microchips to resources and parts. You're crafting bows or weapons or different things like that. Uh, And your player board is a little like bunker that you can build rooms and those rooms can then house people and you have to be able to support their life, support Uh, and all that kind of stuff. Sounds like
1: Caverna, the survival game. Yeah, a (laughs) little less, yeah.
0: Except with that, with all the crops and stuff. Actually, that would have been an interesting choice for this. I think honestly... Um, I know I'm excited about Vital L- upcoming games and stuff, but talking about themes that would really go, I think, and, and obviously we get tons of zombies, but I think more of a realistic apocalyptic setting, I think is something I enjoy more than just like crazy mutated creatures and everything like that. Because um, like every, you know, we got stuff like Dead of Winter, obviously there's more yeah. zombies, zombicide and all this kind of stuff. This war of mine is very realistic, but it's almost realistic almost too too much but i enjoy the setting and that's why i was excited to get out uh outlive um, because it's it's a realistic setting but not like mommy just died and you know i'm missing a leg kind of real
1: all right so that'll finish up that conversation but speaking of outlive we just we're going to talk about um a little board game head-to-head on who's going to outlive who when it comes to marco polo one. one voyages of marco polo and then marco polo two which is like in the service of the con in the service of the con so yep so
0: we've talked about uh marco polo two in service of a con a lot but recently Brady, you got the first marco polo yeah and we played it um and insane. then we
1: all all three of us uh, got a chance to play it i busted it out not uh, a couple of days ago so we've had a chance to play both of them Um, I've played Marco Polo one twice and I think you guys have, we've we've all played service of the con a a couple of times.
0: Yeah. I've played it at least eight or nine times.
1: Yeah. And so we're, we're fairly familiar. And if you've played one, you're immediately going to be very familiar with the other one. So I think to start off, I would say there is no need to have both Both. of these in your collection, but, but you may want
0: to have and combine (laughs) them together.
1: Yeah, if you're feeling very bougie, you could have. So let's just get into our thoughts. Yeah. I, I do. I am glad that you have one and I have yeah. the other one. I will um, say that. That yeah. is worth it. So I'll get off the- kind of just off the top.
0: And I know this kind of off. Well, Matthew, you own this one. You've upgraded it. But like my desire is always to play the better game. I would rather play a better game than a less lesser version of it. And if I was only going to have one or the other, I would pick Marco Polo 2 in the service of the con. Um, I think there was a, cool, a couple of cool concepts in the first one that aren't in the second one. But I think overall, the engine building feeling to where I can do more and I can make things happen and more of dynamic markets and the places out on the board, I think are all improved over the first one. Um, but I do think some of the cool concepts that... Were in the first one that maybe didn't get expanded on as much as they could have in the second one. Because honestly, the art, 90, 95% of the artwork's the same. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it really is it's the whole the art style, Batman the art. art. Yeah. it's it's really is almost just a second edition with just a couple new mechanics. But I think the player powers in the first one are really interesting. Uh, yeah. That's one area that I think they, they didn't take the opportunity to expand on in the second one. But what's really cool is that a lot, majority of those characters, just from looking at it, it seemed like you could port over into the um, the new one in yeah. the new one, which so I now, think was so your could, biggest plus of the first one. Yeah,
1: so we could we could create a ultimate edition, a, an ultimate edition of Marco Polo. But yeah, I would say if if I had to pick, I would probably pick the second one. It is a hair um, like heavier in terms of weight. It's got a few extra mechanics, um, but it also has a little more variety in it. Um, With Mm -hmm. how some of the tiles come out and that sort of thing. The other thing is that is that yeah the the one big thing and it is a it is a pretty big plus with the first one is that the character abilities are just so much more interesting and as you read them they all feel like crazy broken Um, and I'm like oh my gosh there's one or two
0: from the first one that are in the second one. Yeah, uh, one or two of them, but the rest of the second one are all brand new.
1: Yeah, and and the second one, I really only have the sense that like that that one of them feels way overpowered. The other ones feel. I still feel mediocre. there are three or
0: four that are clearly better than the rest. Uh, yeah. I know you there's a one or two that you really like. I feel like a lot several more are viable. But I I told Brady I was like we well, could easily bring some of those over, and we still do kind of bidding victory points for which starting characters. So what we'll do randomly put out you know, characters equal to the number of players and we'll bid, start bidding yeah. for them as we go and stuff. And I think that is a way to balance it a little bit more than just randomly. Yeah, getting. and I think,
1: so in the second one, I know one of them that you like, and we're getting a little uh, nitty gritty here, but there's one about um, jade and collecting jade. Yeah, so and jade I think, is a
0: new resource in the second one, which can... It's just a wild it's, resource. It's wild, but they're also specific... I can't remember. Like are there are specific contracts. Other way you can use it. Spending jade. Yeah. Well, no, jade isn't a wild. It can only be used as camel or coin. I don't. I'm, I I'd have to remember. My mind is telling yeah. me it's, it's not used as any resource. Yeah, but I don't it's believe.
1: it's like a little bit of an extra thing. And there is one thing that sort of gives you this, or there's this one character that sort of gives you this. Um, Jade engine, a little bit. Yeah. But that one, I do feel like while it is good, you kind of have to know what you're doing and you kind of have to go into the game going, well, this is my strategy. I'm the Jade guy. Where most of all the other ones are like really helpful no matter what strategy you go for, like having an extra die or being able to just change your die to anything. Like a lot of the ones in the first one are just really good powers in general and not, they don't necessarily like shoehorn you into uh, a certain strategy and you don't necessarily have to like work hard to get them to work, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um There is a little mechanic in the first game where there are these kind of random kind of like bonus tokens that are kind of in a pile and there's a character that can get them. There are certain locations on the board. You can go to get them. I don't think those are necessary, but if you wanted to, that kind of random token in the game, I guess you could.
1: Well, I well, um, that is from like a small expansion. Theme. Okay. That's not in the base. Yeah. So it was, I can't remember. Yeah. What is it?
0: Oh, but I do think the revolving market in Marco Polo 2, there's a steep difference in how that feels. Uh, because in Marco Polo 2, half the market is set, but then the bottom part of each kind of tier of the market, there's a revolving um, resources that are coming in things yeah. you can see what the resources are going to be available to you the next round so you can kind of plan for them um i just felt sometimes also too like at the very beginning of the game it felt like money is super hard to get and you have to just pay out the wazoo for some stuff it's just yeah. overly tight just to be for tightness sake but then at the end of the game money I feel is like they are both
1: i as far as like the tightness goes i feel like they are both yeah i guess tight.
0: The big thing is, second one, I felt like when I did things and I had to, it was really tight and I had to spend a lot to get that. I felt like I was more likely to combo that into my next move or into my next tile that I wanted to complete. Because in Marco Polo 2, I felt like more often I could complete a, a contract, specifically kind of tailor it to where I complete this contract so that it feeds into my next contract. I felt that more Marco Polo 2. And I also liked, marco polo one there is a contract market at the very bottom that anyone can go to regardless of what you did done on the map marco polo two those contracts are based on hey i need to get to this location so that now i have access to these contracts or to more contracts i think that uh was something more interesting but i will say that these are both good games. Like yeah. if I have never played Marco Polo two, it might Marco Polo two never existed. And you had just brought us Marco Polo one. I like, this is fantastic. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I would say, I would it. say
1: get the first one you could find. Cause I think they are a little harder to find uh, Jacob. I, we need, and I think the second, I don't Matthew know if they're still printing one, the first one. I own one. We need an impartial final decision
2: here. Do Which you rem- one would It's you been a long
0: with? time since you, how long was the last time you played Marco Polo two? It hasn't
2: been that long. Okay. I know. So you enough remember about
0: enough then. about it. Okay.
2: You guys know the meme, the office meme, Pam. There's a lot of them. Pam, you guys, could you, I don't, I forget what it says, but basically when HR wants you to, wants you to, to yeah, tell point. the difference between these two pictures and she says oh. they're the same picture. Yeah. That's basically Marco Polo 1 and 2. Um, they're actually both really solid games. Like, I think you're right. I think you you really can't go wrong. They're going to give you a slightly varied experience, but it's minimal. Really? Um, it's I, minimal. It felt like my fun factor
0: was noticeably different. I don't know there's much difference. If you in went roles. into it deciding your fun factor would be
1: noticeably there different. There we go, right no, there. And no, I no, will no. say, I will say, and this is why I needed an important I want, thing. Because how many times have I won Marco Polo 2? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Zero times.
2: You set us up for that. Just remember that. You set yeah. us up. <laughs> yeah.
1: And how many times? and we I busted out Marco Polo and won the first game. So or Marco Polo won and won the first game. And so I was just that just helped. I just that needed I needed that. For my own and for
2: your sake, I'm glad we played it. Yeah. I'm glad you will it. I know thank you, Jake. Listen, I like I said, I want
0: to play good games. Like John said the other day, I like good games. And I was like, you know what, John, I agree with you. Um and so listen, I've spent hundreds of dollars on board games before, and I'm like, this is a dud. I've spent forty dollars on board games before, and I was like, This is phenomenal. Get rid of these other ones. Like
1: And they come in like a fairly small box. This this could theoret if you wanted yeah. like one heavier game. This could be a heavier apocalypse game for you, right here. Too many cards to to, to cleanly
0: put yeah. away. But uh. listen, when you get all those upgraded resources from it, you know you start trading Ooh, you those. I just am yeah.
1: imagining trying to explain a game like this to people who are like, you know, constantly looking over their shoulder for the latest zombie or a gun shooting them and going like, okay, well here you move your little camels and you collect your resource. And they would just be looking at me like I was completely insane.
0: And what I think I told you before, like, if we both have them side by side like, Hey, let's play Marco Polo, but we're both there. It's like, it's like, do you want to watch Lord of the Rings standard or do you want to see extended editions? Like they're both great movies, but one just gives you just a little bit more that you'd probably appreciate if you're one who plays it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I think our, our ideal, I'd like to combine. Yeah. yeah. So our ideal
1: thing from here on out, I think is we're going to be combining those characters, the characters and a Marco Polo too. Yeah. I think the characters are, truly so much and more i think interesting. there
0: was there's another expansion that they only had for the base game marco polo which is like the merchants of venice or the agents of venice um i think maybe you technically can uh port that over if you look in the rule book of marco polo too they give you some suggested ways of combining it in um so i definitely would like to do it and if you, even if you wanted to put in some of those cards and stuff that added the um the little kind of bonus tokens and stuff. Yeah, I'd be fine with that.
1: It all ports over very easily. So yeah, yep.
0: and so I was like, hey, let's put it together. And it, it it doesn't make the game more complicated. It just gives it more variety. Yeah, I so think it'd be a final good final
1: decision. They're both great. Find one of them, or you just spend
0: it. eighty bucks for both of them and just make one ultimate version.
1: Yeah, I'm still needing to get another reason why we have this ultimate edition is because Matthew has all of the big, juicy, amazing resources with it, including like the. Marco oh, that's Polo true. We did have to. Coins.
0: Pl- we had to play with the uh, just yeah. little wooden pieces. The peasant coins. Uh, those those metal coins, of Marco Polo. Some of the best ones are, I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. All right, ridiculous. We, all right um, we,
1: we'll stop talking about the coins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we love it. Um, well, I, Jacob, did you have any other thoughts? On, you you pretty much said your
2: piece on Marco Polo. That's it. That's it. That's all I got to say. Hey, listen, that's Nemesis, Nemesis is coming down the pipeline here soon. And this is Lockdown, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, excited for it. Well, what's I am ETA? too. I normally As don't. an experience game. Uh, they, they keep saying December. I think it'll be January. Okay.
0: Yep. Hey, I'm listen, January, how do live with that? That's a month, a little over a month yeah. away. I haven't ever played the game just with you guys. And it's definitely one of those games where knowing and being more comfortable with the people you're playing with, I feel like you can get more out yeah. of it.
1: So you can trash talk and be like,
0: I know you're a liar, you scumbag. And I'd like, yeah, and I'd like to explore more the full, I don't think we've ever played a full co-op versus the semi-call because i know every time i play it i always pick like let's get back but i remember i mentioned this to y'all that like my very first time playing it i got infected i had to go to the medic bay to have surgery i got the 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 alien taken out of me but as soon as i did that the 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 mother queen showed up and i had a firefight but i was running out of ammo. <laughs> what a great and story i told everyone else tells. to just you it. Know, what to a great story the, yeah and then i uh, there was another thing. time i played it and uh Another guy, the guy was just lying to me the entire time. He jumped in a pod and left the ship and said, see you later. <laughs> and I'm just like.
2: I well, was, la, well, when we played last time, you locked me out. Like you locked some door between us and, and then you ended up getting pounced on by aliens. And, and I, I don't think it was escape. on <laughs> purpose. Like my
0: goal was to help get us out. And then David, the last time we played it, um, he had never seen the movies when he played it. and He thought our objective was just fend for yourself and get off the ship like he wasn't even paying attention to his objective he thought it was just optional oh, yeah. and so he was just causing chaos the entire
2: time um yeah, we gotta as have, David we gotta, does yeah we got to have the movies playing in the background yeah.
1: cuz John also has not seen
2: yeah, I, yeah so, I really want to i'm trying to this probably gives off a romantic vibe but i want to like have like no overhead lighting just like some candles ambient. in the room i don't that might be too romantic for the sci candle vibe. we need like we need Dude, to like put like red, music. red LEDs like up on the yeah. LEDs or something. And um, just
1: every now and then sirens just go off and <laughs> I also want to around. make
0: sure that we go like and I and I'm okay taking charge of this is going through a very detailed rule overview so that we can really enjoy the game better. Cause I know every time we played previously with other people teaching, there have been things that were missed. And it is a little bit different of a system, the hand management, how you're using things, spending them for this or activating the card for that. I mean, it is an awaken own game, so there is some um, Non intuitive, maybe ways you use things. Right. Not that it's bad, but it's making sure that you're not forgetting stuff. But the artwork in the game is phenomenal. Um, I'm very excited to see how the new board, and I told Jacob, uh, um, seeing how much we like it, we can always go back and get some of the um, kind of expansion modules from the first Kickstarter, All Sun dropped, and you got the terrain expansion for it too. Yep. Um, there's also, I think, looking at making sure the game is organized with tokens and pieces i know on etsy they have some upgraded stuff that you can put like a little um a 3d clip around the like uh the alien so you can keep track of the little red health tokens mm. we'll look at it actually you know obviously first play and just see but definitely it's one of those games to where it very helps to be very organized with yeah. the, all your components because yeah. it, it can, can get, get very messy and wild very bogged down but Well, I think that's going to be it for this week's episode. We're so happy to have Jacob uh, and Cade and our little baby gamer on the episode today with us. Uh, Remember, we mentioned it earlier, you can follow us on Instagram and everything, but also uh, check out the Discord as well. And you can get on there and talk with us about our uh, episode today and what games you would rather take with you uh, in any kind of doomsday scenario. Um, So I think that's going to be it. Uh, As always, I'm Matthew.
1: I'm Brady.
2: I'm Jacob. And this has been The, the discussion, discussion Phase.
0: Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Discussion Phase. If you enjoy our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune back every week for new episodes. You can follow us on Instagram for new posts and reviews at The Discussion Phase, or you can join us on Discord and let us know what you think about our topics every week. And as always, you can still always send us emails at the discussion phase at gmail.com.
1: Thanks, everybody.